Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Weekly Update, Brandify's podcast where we focus on recent changes and updates in the local search space in order to help you prepare for the week ahead. I'm Dustin Hayes, Director of Marketing at Brandify, and I'm joined by my co-host, Damian Rawlson, Brandify's VP of Market Developments and Strategic Partnerships. Thanks for joining us today. Now let's jump into your weekly update. Hello. In our first item for this week, Apple is finally rolling out ratings and photos to Apple Maps users in the U.S., uh, but don't get too excited. There's a bit of a catch. Um, so you may recall that last year when Apple announced that iOS 14 was going to be launched, one of the things that was supposedly going to be included in that release is the addition in Apple Maps of a ratings and photos feature, uh, often mistakenly referred to as reviews. In fact, there are no reviews um, associated with the feature. What you're able to do with ratings and photos is give a thumbs up or a thumbs down either to the business overall or for certain business categories. You can also rate specific business details. Uh, uh, For instance, for restaurants, you can rate food and drink, customer service, and atmosphere in addition to the overall business. You can also share one or more photos uh, capturing your experience. Uh, at that business location. Uh, it rolled out last year in Australia and a few other places, has been slow coming in coming to the U.S., but just a few days ago, the news was broken by Mac Rumors that uh, in the latest Apple Maps update, iOS 14 users should be able to see and use this ratings and photos feature. I was able to play around with it a little bit. I found that it was available for me for U.S. businesses in certain categories, restaurants, grocery stores, department stores, salons, and convenience stores, but not for hotels, gas stations, banks, insurance agents, or attorneys, uh, just according to my own quick survey. Uh Apple has also published an extensive set of content guidelines, including the rule, uh, obviously related to Apple's push for privacy uh, related uh, protections, that you cannot upload photos that include clearly identifiable people in them, including yourself. So apparently those photos will be flagged for removal. So here's the gotcha. At this point, the ratings in Apple Maps are only visible to the person who leaves them. That's in the U.S. specifically. No aggregate ratings from other users are yet appearing in Apple Maps. We can assume that this must only be temporary, and perhaps it relates to a plan on Apple's part to gather up a certain amount of ratings from users before switching the public version on. Uh, Of course, Apple being Apple, that might take a while, but we will keep an eye on it. Next up, Facebook has published a new report on widely viewed content in the news feed in Q2 2021, offering insights into the types of content most people are seeing on the platform. In reporting on widely viewed content, Facebook reminds us that the news feed algorithm is highly personalized to the preferences of each user. Because of the large amount of content published on Facebook, and because no two users in the newsfeed are alike, even the most viewed content represents only a small fraction of all shared content. Aside from posts by friends and people you're following, which together represented 57% of all newsfeed content, 
The highest margins go to posts from groups you've joined at 19% and posts from pages you followed at 14%. A large majority of the most widely viewed content, 87%, had no links. But among posts with links, the most popular domains were those of YouTube, Amazon, UNICEF, GoFundMe, and Twitter. The report points out that the widely viewed content is measured of reach and not necessarily of engagement. The posts that garner the greatest number of likes and shares may not be the most widely viewed due to the fact that engagement is only one of the many factors Facebook uses to determine what goes into individual news feeds. Next, we have a roundup of news related to Google My Business, various things that uh, were unveiled or transpired over the last week or so. Uh, first of all, Google is apparently sunsetting the site manager role based on evidence in an updated version of the help page, which describes how to assign roles to Google My Business users. That update say, states you can no longer add new site managers. Um, it does appear that existing site managers are functioning as they were before. Perhaps they won't be around forever, but for the time being, if a user is already assigned the role of site manager, that is not being taken away. Uh, it's just that you can't create any new site managers. Site manager, uh, as a reminder, was the lowest level of access to a GMB listing with the most restrictions on which fields could be edited. Um, the other types of users are in order of uh, the number of rights they have, managers and then owners. So owners and managers remain the same. Site managers appear to be on their way out. Next item, users have noticed that GMB is now flagging certain updates in the product tab as being under review. So if you're affected by this, when you add a new product to your product list, you'll see a notice that reads, quote, your product is being reviewed. It may take up to 30 minutes. Product will be visible to consumers, customers rather, uh, once approved. So um, when the product updates are still under review, they will show a flag that says pending. If the update fails the approval process, the flag will read not approved. We can only speculate why this step has been added. Perhaps there's been an influx of spam in product posts, but it's something to be aware of. And finally, in GMB update news, Google has added another update, uh, text update to the GMB dashboard, this time in the posts tab, which lets users know that their posts may appear not only across the web in Google services like Maps and Search, but also, quote, on third-party sites. Does not specify which third-party sites, how the posts might get there. This is the first mention that I'm aware of, of posts appearing anywhere outside of a Google property. There was quite a bit of Twitter commentary and confusion around this news. So it, people are speculating that it may be the case that Google is going to share the content with certain third parties or perhaps make some kind of embed code available so that merchants can share posts outside of Google. Who knows? Hopefully we will learn more about that soon. In an interesting turn of events, the Supreme Court of British Columbia has awarded a plastic surgeon $30,000 in a defamation lawsuit against a woman who, unhappy with the results of her breast implant surgery, wrote negative reviews of the surgeon on her blog and on the surgeon's GMB listing. 
The justice presiding over the case wrote that online review platforms are not a carp launch to say whatever one wishes without potential consequences. The reviews, posted in 2018, contained allegations about the surgeon's competency and alleged he made mistakes during the surgery, claims that were found by the court to be misrepresentations. The justice commented that the reviews, though expressing the opinion of the reviewer, must have a factual basis in order to be protected by Canada's fair comment defense. The rare similar defamation cases have been successful for victims of false online reviews in the U.S. Next, we have just a brief item. Google has reported that Search Console has lost data uh, in the month of August. So specifically, Google says there was a data loss during uh, August 23rd and 24th. Those who are monitoring performance of sites in Search Console will certainly want to annotate those dates. The data appears to be unrecoverable, uh, and the data loss affects both search and discover performance data. Google does reassure us that the loss of data relates to Search Console reporting only. There is no actual drop in performance. Uh, on the websites being measured, uh, reflected in the apparent drops in Search Console. Uh, the problem has since been corrected, according to Google. And lastly, Google has confirmed in a blog post that it has introduced a new system of generating titles for web pages after the phenomenon was widely noticed by SEOs. Google says, interestingly, that title tags used to change based on the query, but will be less likely to do so now due to Google's increased confidence in its ability to assign title tags that correctly reflect the content of the page. The post notes that Google has been reviewing title tags for a decade. Uh, What's new is the shift in focus toward the visible headings on the page, often contained in an H1 tag. Though, as we reported last week, Google's rewritten title tags may come from inbound anchor text as well as other sources. Google claims that 80% of SERP titles are still based on the title tag and encourages SEOs to continue to write title tags that are concise and relevant to page content. Speaking of changes in search, Google recently reported that the number of updates made to search during the year 2020, that number is 4,500, which, as Barry Schwartz points out, equates to an average of 12.5 changes every single day. That's a wrap on this week's updates. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to check us out on Brandify.com and the Brandify blog, where you can find more information about the topics we've covered here today. You can also subscribe to the weekly update on your favorite podcast service so you never miss an episode. I'm Dustin Hayes, along with Damian Rawlison, and we'll see you next time on the weekly update.